Hello, and welcome to Makers.dev, episode number 98. That's your cue. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> we, that, so we, that didn't we work switched at all. it up. Like, Chris says something in the beginning because we had this, this audio issue, but apparently people are complaining that it's <laughs> that they don't like that we switch back and forth. So And you know who you are. <laughs> so... I but that was worse. We're, we're not going to make anyone happy. Uh... I have, a, I have a trivia question for you regarding the number 98. Do you have a guess as to which country has the country code for the, your phone? Plus 98. Oh, uh, plus 98 would be like mm -hmm. a later country. Yeah. Uh, I am not up on my latest countries. I have no idea. A country that has been created in the last 30 years. That's my guess. Oh, I don't know. Probably. Uh, it's Iran. So, oh. I don't know. I don't know how old Iran is. Or when they would have gotten a phone. Yeah, I was going to say older than that. But, okay, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what I was going for. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I guess I would... There's like 192 countries, actually. So, I guess if, you're, if your country code is like 190-something, then that would be my guess. Would be like, yeah, yeah. But I actually, Iran was like middle of the pack. Maybe. But I actually have no idea how country codes are assigned either, so... I don't know. What a what a cool flex that I didn't realize was a flex until I traveled abroad and realized that people had country codes that were different than one. <laughs> like I was so confused. Like why why sometimes when I dial numbers does it say one? Like like one eight hundred. Why is there the one yeah. there? Uh, but it's because we invented phones, my dude. <laughs> we we get to assign yep. the number one to us. Who's who's two? Does someone have two? I don't know. Huh. I also don't know. I kind of. I want to derail this episode and just talk about country codes now. We're, we're on the um, internet. We can find out. We'll find out we later. Could. How about that? We could. <laughs> Maybe for episode 99, we'll figure out what country uh, does that, what the system is. Uh, cool. What did you get up to this last week? Uh, I worked like I'm going to do every week now forever, I guess. Um, that's what I did. Uh, and then Kaggle, too. So Kaggle is probably the more interesting one. Um, I switched from there's a point in every like machine learning journey uh competition journey where you switch from like just wildly experimenting to like really focusing on one uh sort of strategy mm. and that's kind of what i did um especially before thanksgiving i'm about to leave and i don't have like external vpn access to my computer at home here so i'm trying to get a uh like generate data that i can then use while i'm gone so um so that's what i'm doing i'm running my gpu all the time now for the last couple days Remind me the problem you're. Oh, this is the the gravitational wave. Yep, there's a gravitational wave one. Yep, I figured out okay. how to how to simulate gravitational waves, which is pretty neat. Um, I have a strategy which seems to be working. Someone posted a uh, public some public code that beats mine, which, uh, but the way they did it is by using um, basically making the beginning of the network really really large, and so mm. I can't even run it on my GPU. So. I think whoever wins is going to use that code because it's better than what I think other people are using. But that means I might have to rent like a $3 an hour GPU for a while. Gotcha, um, gotcha. So I don't know how much money I want to spend on that if I'm not even able to win actual money in the competition. <laughs> but Yes. Yeah. You could still get the, the prestige though. The thing you said uh, that in every AI problem, there's, there's uh, like an exploration and then there's like a... a follow that strategy that's a that's a general framework that i find a lot of mm. this explore versus exploit in everything in every project i do and like 
shopping things and life strategies this this explore versus exploit that the divergent first just to map all the different possible things and then the convergent uh you know figure out the thing that's currently working the best and i just double down on that um i've heard that also referred to as the multi-armed bandit uh problem that mm. like if you it, I, I think the way the problem's formed is if you're in a casino and there's a bunch of different slot machines and you don't know what the payout of each one is what's the strategy to maximize your payout and it's something like explore exploit you you go and try a whole bunch of different machines making small bets so then you know if you know there's 100 machines and you know that you've tried 30 of them uh you you just keep doing the one that uh gave you the best return of the of those 30 uh the secretary problem is also a related problem i know a lot about that i should write a blog post <laughs> i have a lot of a lot of connected thoughts about explorers exploit um <laughs> You mentioned so so you're going to be traveling like for Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. uh, and you don't have a VPN to be able to be using your your GPU. I have I have two conflicting thoughts. The first is why not just set up a VPN, and the second is why are you working over Thanksgiving? <laughs> <laughs> not so much that I want to be working, but if I want to run long running experiments, I can't like restart them and stuff. So I wish I could VPN in just to like restart experiments and stuff. Um, part of the reason I haven't set up one is exactly because I shouldn't be working <laughs> over Thanksgiving yeah, okay. break. Although that's when I get a lot of, you know, fun stuff done. Um, so yeah, I haven't looked too deeply into it. Um, but the other problem was, uh, oh, I don't have a fixed IP address um, and I can pay for one, but I haven't, I think it's like five bucks a month, but I just have to call them and I haven't called them. So mm. once I do that, then I'll have a fixed IP address and then I don't even need like a fancy third party service, I think. Yeah, like NGROC. Okay. Yeah. Um, Oh, I could just run ngrok forever. I mean, then if it restarts, I don't have any way to, or if it like something goes wrong, I don't have any way to restart it. But if I just left it running, then that would work. Yeah. Or set up ngrok to like automatically start when you. Yeah. And I think I think ngrok is on the order of five dollars a month to have a fixed. I, I already paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Hey, you solved my problem for me. Great. <laughs> <laughs> now I can work over Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. Uh, distant from my family. Uh, do you have any fun Thanksgiving plans? Uh, no, just going to my wife's parents and uh, gonna hang out. So, yep. For cool. A few Let days. the record show. <laughs> you don't think going to your wife's parents is fun? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Um, there's a cliff. That's a that's a cliff we need on social media. Uh, cool. I, I uh, found an interesting article on Hacker News this last week that would be fun to talk about a little bit. Cool. called Pomodoro with friends. It's at pomochat.com and it's an idea that we sort of talked about. Oh, they renamed they renamed to remote yo because someone in the hacker news was like don't use the word pom in your product name. Okay, so oh. it, it's this chat room where every half hour on the half hour uh everybody starts working and then 25 minutes later I think I don't fully understand, but I think the chat gets activated or something. But it, it's it's this sort of idea, like working in groups and bombs and co-working, and I thought that was cool. Yeah, that is neat. Um, there's a couple variations of this. I think some are paid. I don't know if that one's paid or not. And some are like um, I, I was in one once actually where or it wasn't quite this, but what, what was it? What am I trying to say? They they had um, they had groups like this, but it was long running, so it was like over a whole summer. Um, so I wasn't in that part of the what I was in, um, but they had that as part of the offering if you wanted it. Yeah, so it was more like a 
it was Alex Hillman's thing, uh, not with Amy Hoy, but his yeah. separate thing. Oh, we talked about that. Yeah, and I don't remember what it's called. <laughs> 12 <laughs> so weeks to something. Something. Yeah, yeah. So, okay. and, and as part of that, you could do co-working if you wanted to, but. Cool. Um, yeah. So that's, I, that's I think I prefer smaller groups. Like mm. if it's a thing that starts every half hour on the half hour, I could see waking up and being like, well, it starts in two minutes, but I, I want to like make breakfast or something. And then just continuing to delay but if it's like a meeting you have scheduled with a specific person who's texting you like hey where are you like you're gonna <laughs> i don't know there's something there's something nicer about that longer term deeper relationship um but i'm very curious about this sort of thing of can this be replicated at scale what what might that look like to be doing it with more people yeah uh speaking of which we haven't done co-working for a while because my no. schedule is all crazy now uh how how has that been going it's been going well. It's functional. It's interesting. Like, ah, oh, oh man, this feels sort of like, <laughs> like talking about, talking about a, a new girlfriend with your, with your ex-girlfriend. Like, like you're very different people. And uh, I'm I'm still getting my work done. And like, uh, uh, Brian is a is a different co-working partner to you. And uh, there, it's 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 different. Uh, I'm still getting stuff done. Uh, which is the part that I like the best. I think like the the core thing is that I'm co-working with someone and that I have something to tie me to the mast of making sure that I'm showing up every day and pushing forward on goals and just that, that mechanism of there's another person who I'm accountable to who's not my wife, who like is working on their own thing and I say the thing that I'm about to do and then I do it and then I say how I did it. So that part is going very well yeah good um yep and i still don't know my schedule changes every week now i with like with the holidays especially it's going to be crazy through the end of the year for sure so i uh, still don't know if i'll be able to get back to co-working at some point or not but we'll see i i have adapted and would love to yeah it, either way let me know <laughs> all right sounds good um cool i have a bunch of different things i'd like to talk about today the so talking about clips talking about file inbox and then a lot of personal stuff and a lot of goal setting stuff and a book recommendation and some more fun stuff that i'm doing okay so cool. let's let's dig into it i decided on a name for clips.marketing and i have a justification for why i'm calling it this i'm calling it the videoclipper.com okay and here's why video clipper as a phrase has really good seo and the domain name video dash clipper was also available mm. but i so, so things i'm optimizing for are i want to be able to get a taste of that video clipper traffic at some point but that's going to be difficult to capture in the beginning because i have zero backlinks and i want people who see a watermark of a video that says my product name to be able to google my product name and find my product if my product right now was called video clipper and someone says ah let me look for video clipper they're going to get a list of all my competitors and I'm not going to be on there until like the third page, even though my thing is named videoclipper.com. But if they search for the video clipper, I'm pretty sure that they're going to be able to find me on like as the top result, just with, with the word the, and then hopefully I'll be able to start getting domain credit. And in six to 12 months, I will be ranking on the first page for the term video clipper. And then I'll have the option of switching to names to, to videoclipper.com. a la Facebook going from the Facebook to facebook.com. And hopefully no enterprising listener gets wise to this and <laughs> snatches the domain up from underneath me. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to pay $3,500 just to <laughs> snatch it from you. <laughs> I would hope not. I, I, 
I hope there's no one uh, wealthy and petty enough. It, it would take a it would take a combination of the two. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like you know, in the worst case, if I'm if I'm not able to get it, like the video clipper, I think is fine to to go with for the the long term. So that's oh, and it's a dot com, and yep. it didn't cost any extra money. It's just a, a twelve dollar a month domain name. So that's that's the name and now i can stop thinking about this and move on to the next steps any thoughts cool. on the new name yeah i think that's great um i'm glad you didn't spend thirty five hundred dollars before you knew if it was going to work or not um you know in a few months if you hate the name then you can switch no problem and if you really like the name then you can spend the money and, and get the 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 other thing um you can yeah. also once you build domain authority you can do a 301 which i think transfers the domain authority right mm -hmm. it's, i think so um that should be good yeah, I did that going from DB inbox to violent box and just yeah. overnight I I instantly inherited all the demand yeah. credit. So yeah, I'm not I'm not concerned about that. Um cool. So the thing that I the, the thing that you gave me permission to work on this last week as my unofficial boss was yep. to just entirely focus on clips at marketing. No, the video clipper. Oh, that's gonna take some time to adjust to. Yes. Uh, entirely focus on the video clipper stuff. Mm, adding downloading of clips and then billing and then launching it with these paid plans and i got most of the clip rendering done i got most of the downloading done you can download the raw video and that was euphoric to get like it's a magic button that downloads the clip and that's just in like the raw format it's it's unedited it's just the the start and end times and i added that i can render an optimized square version of it with the transcript in it and that's cool that's actually i'm actually delivering value yeah. it's still a little clunky there's some rough edges of <laughs> right now there's a bug where if you try to download the square one before you've tried to download the raw one it just doesn't work that's yeah. a problem <laughs> yep. yeah so uh there's there's some polishing i need to do with that and because i've come up with a name for it now i can make a stripe account and i have this whole component of how to integrate firebase in a next app with this nice hook and there's this really really nice integration called a plugin is that right Ext extension firebase extension that's just a one-click install to automatically integrate integrate stripe and that's syncing the stripe models with your firebase objects and everything else so that feels Oh, on the on the hill chart, feels like I'm I'm on the downhill. The the complexity is sort yep. of weighted through. I've gone through the jungle of the divergent work, and now it's just actually implementing it. So, oh, but but there is just one more potential unknown, which is that I need to decide on how much to actually be charging people and what that pricing mm. model looks like. I want to try doing freemium because I think freemium would work especially well as a marketing channel for people who are like making and syndicating videos. Like the whole the whole point of this is now you have a video and you're going to put it in different places. So I think I can look at the the minuscule cost that I'm paying for resources for people who are using this for free as a marketing channel and then I just have a watermark in the bottom. So I think the way I want to think about this is you can I I want I want free users to be able to use everything about the product except videos are watermarked, which is a, a similar form that I've seen other people in this online video space do. Yeah. And then if they publish their video, great. That's marketing for me. And I can even have a bumper at the end of it with a cool little animation of clips thing. And I think then I want two different tiers because the people I'm talking to are sort of at two different levels. There's people who are like, well, this podcast is sort of a hobby for me and it's not making money and I don't really have any sponsors and it's sort of this offshoot of this other thing I'm doing, but I haven't quite closed that sales funnel. 
and I'm paying for Descript, and I'm, you know, I bought Final Cut Pro, and uh, th there's these other tools that are around $30 a month that I'm paying for that are okay, but uh, more than that would kind of be painful for this side project hobby thing. Oh, Riverside would be another uh, another product that people are using for this. And for those sorts of people, I would like a product that I can give them that's around $30 a month. And then there's people who are like professionals who know that more people seeing their stuff directly translates into more money. And for them, I think $100 a month is a no-brainer, and I could probably even push it higher than $100 a month. And then there's sort of this upper echelon that I don't really want to be thinking about right now of like, if you're a consultant or a marketing agency and you're doing this for multiple clients and this this really is your bread and butter, like right now you have people who you're hiring to make these clips, that's a separate thing. I think then I'd charge yeah. them like per client or something. So I, I don't I don't quite understand them yet. I haven't I haven't talked to a lot of those people. So what are your thoughts on on three basic tiers to start with? There's the there's the free version, there's the basic version for around thirty dollars a month, and then there's a pro version for around a hundred dollars a month. Uh that sounds good. Yeah. Um I like the watermarking. Um it'd be cool like if in the future uh, I'm trying to think of how else you could segment these buckets. Um, so certainly like uh, either number of clips or I'm thinking, I'm thinking like uh, total hours of raw video or something like I, I mm. you have to, you have to figure out what these people like, what the metric is that they use that they know about. So like for us, for example, we have approximately an hour a week. And so mm. like, I know that I need to find something with, so, so if I was thinking about it, I would be like, you know, maybe five hours per month of raw video or something. That's how I would think about it. Mm. Um, but other people might think about it in terms of number of clips downloaded or something like that. So have you thought about what metric you're going to use to segment the buckets? I have, and I don't know that I have a clear mm. understanding of what that is yet. What, what I currently have, so I'm, I'm, I'm resistant to doing it based on number of hours or number of clips or something because uh, like our podcast is an hour a week, right? But so is the tim ferris podcast and I see. yeah and i don't know if i want to do it on number of clips because i i the like like it's better for me if you're publishing more clips um so i the the philosophy on this is you want to tie it to something of the more money that they're making the more money that you make yeah. so uh the, the closest i can get to that the better it would be so you know i'd love to be able to charge based on you know, the number of views that your clips got, I think that would be a good alignment of incentives. But yeah, that's but... difficult for me to do, and that's all, that also just doesn't quite make sense with the product. So another angle on this is that I can I can hold back some polishing branding features. Like if you want a bumper at the beginning or end of your clip, that yeah. is something that you get on the pro account. If you want to do automatic scheduling, that's a thing I can hold back for the pro account. And so you, you can, I still want to do integrations because I, I would like to be able to front load, like even on the free tier, I'd, I'd want people to be able to have a one click, like publish this to my Twitter account button, because I think that's, that's better for me and that's better for everyone. I just, I want it to be easier for them to publish clips. But if you want to drip them out, if you want yeah. to publish like one a day, that's something that only the, the pro accounts would get, because I think that's only something pros would want. But again, that's, that's sort of just speculation. I, I don't feel like I have a good handle on what the core metrics are that people who are making more money would care about um, yeah but I just, I, I just find in conversations that people are sort of falling into these two different buckets there's people who are more hobbyists and then there's people who are like this is the bread and butter people like brian richards who yeah. are sitting on this huge vault of media um maybe it's maybe it's bulk uploads maybe it's 
total amount of storage. Um, and then if you just don't want to worry about it and you want to upload your entire media backlog all at once, that's a thing I could do. I was um, going to say storage doesn't matter, except it absolutely, like professionals are going to use 4K and amateurs probably won't. Yeah. Um, maybe even 720p is fine for hobbyists, but 1080 is. Yeah, I can the do higher resolution on Pro. That's a... Um, the, the other thing is multiple users probably is pro so like mm -hmm. if you are a podcast person when you have an editor and a clipper you mm -hmm. know then that's pro whereas if you're just us then you know just one of us well we have two people but you know yeah. just one of us would need access yep. um, yeah so I think those are the other good. options i could think of yeah but I, I would spend some time really thinking about that yeah. okay on multiple users the heuristic i've heard before is that that only really makes sense if different people see different things on the screen. So I think yes. if the two of us were signing for something like this, we would just share a single login. Yes. So why why would someone like Ramit Sethi care that, the, that there's multiple logins? Do you want to like well, not so, let people do certain things? I mean, maybe. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so talk to your users. But like I can yeah. imagine if you are someone you have someone who uploads it and then you have someone else who's like an editor or a clipper but you don't want them to be able to like delete videos for example mm. um but i also don't know if that's really a thing that people are going to want so i guess talk to your talk to your pro users and find out if there's multiple people logging in that have different uh, especially like rights admin rights okay okay or, or i mean when you get to the agency case it's easy like some people you know in big agencies you want to be able to segment different shows and so you want maybe right. like uh, different uh, access rights for each show so that you can have your clients actually log in as well and see yep. different different clips yeah yeah the agency segmentation feels really straightforward because that's just supporting multiple brands and then yep. maybe i charge them per brand that's a yeah, yeah that's an easy one to do cool also I, I would test the per brand thing because um you, you may want to do per user or something like that because per brand like i could see as an agency uh like I may want to keep brands on there for a long period of time so they can access it for a long time. Mm. But if I do that and it's charged per brand per month, then that's like rough. So, whereas if it's like per, per user on the agency side, that might be, cause I don't know. I guess I don't know what <laughs> talk, talk to your users. Yeah. I, I think we have some good things to start with that. Yeah. Now when I'm having user interviews with people, I can, figure out, okay, are you a $30 a month customer or are you a hundred dollar a month customer? And what do you care about? And what do you not care about? Yeah. Um, do you care that scheduling is automated that, or are you a hundred dollar a month customer, but there's no difference to you of having a, a schedule dripping it out versus just having a button where you click yeah. it. Okay, cool. My, my guess is also if you're going to crop to square and like especially if you're putting transcripts on there, then like more customizability in terms of fonts and colors and stuff will be yeah. higher dollar customers. Yeah. 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 So I talked about the bumpers at the beginning and other videos, but I could, I could push that further that like, if you want custom fonts or if you want uh, a background video instead of a background color, or if you yeah. want custom consulting of like, you just describe to me the thing that you want and I'll implement it for you or yeah. like hire a designer to do that or something. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That feels like it's in a good spot. I'm a little frustrated that it's going slower than it was going to happen in my mind. Like, like when we were talking about it last week, I was like, well, you know, today and tomorrow I'll finish the clipping part of it. And then the next day I'll decide on a name and then 
make my Stripe account and then uh, I'll have I'll have four customers by Friday. And that's how it happens. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that that that's just how things go, though. That's okay. Yeah. Next thing to talk about, I find myself increasingly in the position with File Inbox where there are features that I could be implementing that would make one person really happy. And I don't quite know how to prioritize that. So I had this amazing customer called someone two weeks ago, I think, where they basically just sold themselves on it. And they were going through and like, wow, this is great. Oh, can I do this? Yeah, I can. And I was like, this is great. <laughs> what plan do I need? I guess the $100 a month plan. And I was like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, but that, that was like the plan that they needed. And they emailed me last week to let me know that this it's an esoteric feature in the Google Drive integration where if you have a shared drive, I thought File Inbox would support a shared drive just by putting in the path, but it actually doesn't. And in digging into the API, it's because of this weird flag I have to include in the API. So I don't really want to be making any changes to the legacy code because it would be just more trouble than it's worth to go in and fix it and then something else breaks and that would be a pain. So I think the way forward for this customer is to do the Google Drive integration on the serverless side and then move him over. And that's a hundred dollar a month account, right? And I want to make him happy, but you know, that I don't know. It feels like a distraction and I I'm so close with Cliff Start Marketing also and <laughs> I just I I don't know. I don't know what to do. Yeah, that um if they're a hundred dollar a month customer, then I I mean like they're probably not gonna have that like Uploading to a shared account sounds like something that a lot of $100 a month customers might want. Mm -hmm. uh, like There are weird esoteric features that are not worth working on. This seems like one that probably is worth working yeah. on. Um, and so maybe, I, I mean, and so this would be a third customer that, I think third, right, that moves to the new serverless infrastructure. And so that's mm -hmm. one of your goals as well. Um, so I actually think some your goals are more, more aligned than you might think just that uh you don't want to stop working on video clipper you want to you know keep working on that yeah. um should i hire someone uh, if you hire oh. someone you're gonna have to man <laughs> <laughs> if you hire someone you're gonna have to manage them they're gonna take yeah. a few months to get really up to speed like yeah so that is a journey you can go on if you want but i don't I, if i was in your position i wouldn't but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't because i my you know typical mode is to not hire yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I'm in a weird spot right now where a lot of the work I can be doing to be pushing forward these businesses is technical. And so I, and like, I enjoy it. I like working on stuff. I think I'm just feeling this itch of, ah, I'm right on the cusp of like, <laughs> I could almost charge people for clip stop marketing for the yeah. video clipper. Oh, that's gonna, that's gonna be really hard. <laughs> yep. I've been saying it for so long. Um, I can almost charge people for the video clipper. I am right on the cusp of finally getting people to transition over to the, the serverless thing on file inbox. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's just more development to get them over, but you're right. I think if I hired someone now, the ROI wouldn't be for another i don't know three or four months and what's the business i want to be running do i want to be running a business where i have a developer where i can just outsource tasks to maybe hmm hmm okay uh, yeah i mean maybe but also i the th place where i thought you were going is do you want to be running the video clipper in six months or file inbox so like if you are still managing someone on file inbox is that going to feel good in six months um 
I don't know. I think I want to be running both. Okay. I think, like, ideally, they're both making around 10K a month, and I'm very familiar with what it takes to run File Inbox, and the things I'm doing now are going to make it easier to run, especially with Rachel doing customer support. It's great. And, uh, like... I think I think I think my ideal place with file inbox is I'm just doing marketing. And the product is stable because I've I've gotten feature parity with the old app. And the old app has just been chugging along like no new features for years and people are fine with it and they're, they're still paying for it. And with the serverless thing I'm introducing a bunch of new features and it's also much more scalable and it's also more resilient and everything else. So like I feel like after I get over this hump of the product is back to where the old product is. It I have the Google Drive integration and everything else, and I've improved on it that I support shared drive, and I have all these other features people have been asking me for. I feel like after I get to that point, that it's not really going to need a lot more development, so all my time on that is going to be spent doing marketing, like buying Google Ads and tweaking stuff and doing landing pages and maybe doing A-B tests. And I feel like pretty soon the video clipper is going to get to that same sort of spot. It's going to take much longer because I don't know what the what the feature complete product is that can't be more stable but you know in a year or two i think i, I could probably get there um and i think that's my ideal work day is like every once in a while i'm doing a deep dive in code to do a bug fix or to do a feature request but most of my day-to-day is just tweaking google ads and like that sort of thing that's interesting this this is the first time i framed that the thing i want to be doing day-to-day is more marketing stuff huh yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a major shift in yeah interesting yeah. all right um it sounds like what you might want then, instead of an employee who's going to take a few months to get up to speed and, you know, it's going to be like a long-running, long-term expense and like a big deal, uh, yeah. you might want a consultant, like a JavaScript consultant who has done some Ruby so they can read the Ruby code and they know what JavaScript is and they yeah. theoretically should be able to move much faster um, at the beginning and you also don't have to like worry about their long-term whatever because it's a three-month project, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, it'll cost more, but yeah maybe not in the long term in the long term it might cost less that's going to be weird to see a quote from someone else for a software project to see the number and be like oh my god well i'm not going to pay that i could just spend four weeks of my own time doing that hold on yep. one second yes <laughs> what would i charge for someone else for it yeah yeah yep. interesting that's an interesting like philosophical question of how like that should make sense if i'm spending my time or money on it that there should be a conversion between those two Hmm. Okay. I think I'm interested in having a conversation with someone who could just jump on as a consultant. And I need to think about like what the what, what's the project that they're doing? Yep. Can can I just instead of spending time on this, can I just take an amount of money and then immediately get the the goal that I've been sort of kicking the can for of file inbox being serverless and having the feature parity and be moving people over? Um, interesting. Yeah, I'm sure you and can. And then once I've set that up, once I've done that, the difficult thing for the first time, like at any point in the future, I imagine I could reach back out to this person and be like, hey, you know that code base that you're already familiar with yep. that made you a whole bunch of money when I asked you to do that thing? Like, could you also fix this bug on Honey Badger or implement this feature? And that'd be kind of nice just to have that option. And I could start small, right? I could, I could start with yep. like, do this Google Drive integration and do it the same way that I did the Dropbox integration. Hmm, I think I'm talking myself into this. Okay, where would you look for a consultant that's familiar with React and Next and Firebase and ideally uh, 
Google Drive API stuff? Uh, my personal network first. Um, I'd probably ask friends if they knew anyone. Then after that, I would tweet about it probably. Okay. Um, I would not go to like, you know, any of the freelancing sites. Uh, you'll, you'll have a terrible time. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Interesting being on this conversation from the, the hiring standpoint, because yeah. I've thought about this also from like the, the consultant standpoint. Yeah. Huh. Hey, Chris, do you know anyone looking for some work in React doing uh, Next.js stuff? Uh, I No, I don't. Okay. Uh, I know someone who might take some Rails work, but you're not doing Rails. So no. <laughs> moving away from Rails. <laughs> okay. All right. I, can ask, though. I, I have a group of people I can ask also. So, okay. Yeah. If you, I I would I would appreciate you doing that if you uh, yeah. if you could do that and all right so let me think... let me write that React, uh, Firebase. Yep. What else? Next. Next JS. Yeah. And the Google Drive API. The Google Drive API is just like an API though. So yeah, that's, that's that sort of just cherry on top of the. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think the big ones are React, Firebase, and Next. Yep. 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 I'll ask. Cool. Thank you uh cool next topic i have been going through josh kaufman's personal master plan like you did a couple weeks ago not quite done yet but i do have five pieces of paper on my desk of all the different areas of my life and all the different goals i have and i did this rigorously i went through my brain folder which is just every note i've ever taken i put it all in this one folder and then i have a subfolder in that of anytime i've ever written goals in my life i've put all those files in that folder going back to like 2015 so i went through that file and looked at any goal that I had previously done that still resonated with me that was still a thing I wanted to do and it was kind of fun doing that because a lot of the things I have like I wrote for the longest time that I really wanted a Tesla and I have a Tesla now and like (laughs) that I wanted to get married and have kids and start a family like we're doing that and I wanted a blue suit (laughs) and I got a blue suit (laughs) like a gold coin also was a thing that seems pretty attainable compared to get married yeah yeah. right (laughs) it felt felt sort of like luxurious though yeah but there there were a couple things that i delayed for a while that were as simple as just like oh i just need to buy this thing yeah i bought the thing and i I have those things now so uh yeah that was kind of fun and helped i think give me more perspective i think I've I've had a weird two or three weeks where I got sick and uh, I cut out video games because I read this book called Boys Adrift that talked about how video games are an ambition trap and I sort of was like my brain felt sort of itchy of just like I'm not quite getting the thing that I want to be getting. I'm not getting the dopamine in the same way that I was getting before and being sick affected sleep and that has a whole thing with me. And I think writing these goals helped ground me a little bit in terms of realizing that i right now i'm in a spot that i really wanted to be in in previous versions of myself and i can feel very thankful for that and also i'm never gonna like arrive at the place where just everything is yeah. great all the time like that's sort of a miserable place to be and if you feel like there's nothing you can do to improve your situation you feel like stuck and dead so uh yeah i think i think that experience helped me uh, ground myself and and not compare myself to others as much and realize that it, it's just about continuing to improve and continuing to march forward on getting more things that i want and it was interesting that the thing that seems to be coming out of this that's like the the biggest way that i can be improving my life is by hanging out with people in person doing fun things increasing like in-person friendships that's a thing that i really get energized by and having real world fun instead of video game fun and 
I've been neglecting that recently because my, in, in the words of Sarah, my life has become sort of one dimensional, like trying to hit this 20k MRR and life is multidimensional. There's a lot of ways to improve it. So I'm going to be investing more in in-person stuff, joining clubs and groups. And, uh, there's an improv troupe close by that I'd like to be hanging out with. I built a sauna foundation yesterday. It was my first poured concrete sauna with my brothers. So cool. that was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm, yeah, I want to be doing more of that sort of thing. Oh, compound bow hunting is another thing that I think would be a lot of fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. uh, yeah. I, I, have you ever, have you ever hunted before in no. your life? Okay. No. All right. What is, <laughs> that feels ominous. <laughs> uh, actually killing something seems like a big step. So I'm curious how that actually, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I've watched YouTube videos where people describe it as this really deeply emotional, spiritual experience of, but like, I think I, I want to, ex like how many animals have I eaten in my life that were yeah. killed by a machine? Like it's not. It, it's it's philosophically inconsistent of me to not be okay with doing that if i'm doing that implicitly via my purchases so yeah i want to get a better handle on what that is and also just the primal aspect of it of like this is this is probably how humans are supposed to be interacting with the world like you go off in a dangerous uncomfortable place and you're there with a bow and an arrow and there's an animal over there and you gotta track it down and kill it and hunt it and it's messy and hard work and uh you know you feel bad for the animal and yeah i think that's that would help me feel more human interesting yeah curious to know how that goes uh th this is the the season for it right fall is hunting season so do you, oh, you want to do that <laughs> yes. I, don't know. I, I know nothing about this i walked into an outdoor okay. world and i was like hey i'd like to sh i'd like to do bow hunting and i don't really know anything about it and he was like okay so like what's your what's your uh it was some what, what's your draw uh uh weight and i was like dude i don't like i don't know anything about this what is a draw weight is that how hard the bow is to pull back and he was like oh yeah that's that's right well like how strong are you and i was like oh, i'm pretty strong i don't know uh and there, there were several interactions like that that were he was like you know oh do you want do you want a, a finger trigger or a thumb trigger and i was like what's a trigger why why do you need a trigger <laughs> didn't know this it's actually really cool there's a device that you hold that holds the string so in you know when watching robin hood you just pull the string back with your fingers and then you let it go with your fingers but technology has improved since the days of robin hood there's like a mechanical device where you you hold the mechanical device it, it looks sort of like a there's a few different styles of it one of them looks like a sort of like a brass knuckly sort of situation with a hook on it and you hook the string with the brass knuckle thing and you pull it back and then there's a button on that contraption and when you push the button it, it immediately releases the string and then it's a I don't know I guess it's more accurate because you're not moving as much and if you release your fingers the string is sort of wobbling around and yeah, yeah it was really it, cool uh, it also yeah. doesn't hurt your fingers as much yeah that makes sense yeah especially when you're dealing with the, the higher uh, I forgot the term already the the weight draw draw, yeah. draw weight yeah. I think draw yeah. force yeah so that's funny because I seem to know <laughs> know a little more than you I grew up in Michigan <laughs> and one of the really big I, I've never bow hunted but one of the really big things that people do is go up north to deer hunt in like november or october whenever it opens um cool. so i have had a lot of venison but i've never shot any <laughs> yeah cool yeah that's what i wanted to 
noted that we're in the start of tier six, but that's that's good to know. <laughs> uh, it also sounds like uh, you won't be ready this year. <laughs> so yeah, I think Probably you have a lot to learn no. before. Yeah, yeah I'd also go out uh, with someone who's done it before. Like, yeah, yeah, that seems necessary. Yeah, um, I'm excited, but yeah, I don't know how do you, how do you find someone to help you bow hunt? I don't know anyone personally who does that. I don't think. Uh, is that like do you go on like airbnb experiences and <laughs> teach me how i would, to I would start with my... friends uh like i know several people but they're all <laughs> up in michigan i don't know what the texas hunting season is like actually um there are places have you seen these places this is kind of awful but um necessary so uh wild boars are a huge problem down in texas yeah. and oklahoma yeah yeah um, and you can like go in a helicopter and shoot these wild boars yes <laughs> It seems so like cruel, but the the wild boar like they completely decimate crops, and so they uh, they just kill as many as they can. Uh, oh boy, yeah. My brother in law. Oh, I'll just talk to my brother in law about this. He he does like uh, shooting with a with a rifle, but he has been boar hunting and brought back boar, and it tastes like spicy. Like I get I get heartburn like eating. <laughs> it's weird. It's not. It's it's not great eating yeah no but it's meat and yeah. it tastes like it tastes like the animal lived it tastes like yeah. they they yeah. were they were doing cool stuff um cool okay so that's that's all goal setting oh a small thing here is i remembered that going to the spa is a thing that i really enjoy that like yeah. helps uplift my mood one of this korean spa close by us and they have these increasingly hot hot tubs and then a, a really really hot sauna and then a colder tub it's at like 70 degrees or something and consistently like no matter how i'm feeling if i just go in all the increasingly hot hot tubs and then go in the sauna until i can't stand being in the sauna anymore and then go in the cold tub and then do that one more time i i'm like vibrating at the end of it like i feel great and like i'm totally focused in the moment it's uh it's it's very meditative and like there's this weird time dilation thing that happens where to me it feels like only 10 minutes have passed but it's been like an hour and a half uh so that's part of why we are interested in building a sauna at my brother-in-law's house to be able to do that cheaper cool yeah it sounds i mean experiences are always worth um whatever you know time or, or money you put into them i think uh we've been talking about that more like christmas this year for our kids like we have enough stuff so sure we're gonna get them some presents but also are there any experiences we can get for the kids um we don't have good 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 answers yet but yeah we've been thinking about that like for christmas and stuff too that's a fun problem what sort of experience do you think would scratch that itch uh we don't know (laughs) but we're traveling somewhere for christmas and so we can't bring that many presents anyway and we don't want more junk like around and so there are a couple things that we think they would like but the rest of it like so i was christmas shopping yesterday on amazon and it's all it's all plastic and junk and like yeah they're going to use it once and then not use it again and so uh there are a few things that we know that they'll use over and over and so you know we'll get them some of that but otherwise yeah i don't know we we haven't solved that problem yet there, there's a term in my family now called a plastic heirloom this idea that it's this cheap plastic toy that somehow has survived multiple generations <laughs> and, uh it's just kind of junky and you're like do, do i throw it out now or like should you have already thrown it out like um yeah getting getting stuff and experiences that last longer i think is a is a good investment um it's especially in this category of things that like uplift my mood that's something i'm yeah. really I, i'd like to have a list of like if i'm feeling bad here are things that i know i can do that improve my mood i can go to the sauna i can 
learn the lyrics to a rap song where the lyrics are really fast. That's something I really, <laughs> I really enjoy doing. Um, I want to, I want to dial that list in so that when I'm in that mental state, I don't have to also do the work of thinking of what the things are that can help me. I can just do the thing. Have you seen? Uh, let me get the get the right name. Hold on. Uh, on YouTube, yeah, Mike Boyd. Mike B-O-Y-D. Boyd. B o y d. He does this thing where he tries to learn something and he like times how long it takes him to learn it. So he like learns how to do a wheelie on his bike or learns how to flip this umbrella so it pops open in the air or learn how to whatever. Uh, that's the type of thing I could see you doing. Like pick one of those and you learn, learn how to for pick a sure. lock. Learn how to, you know, do fun, something fun with cards. And, how uh, I learned to hold my breath for four minutes. I like Exactly. That. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really enjoy learning new things like that. That's good. Yeah. I could see. Oh, I could he see recently it. did. Uh, <laughs> are you really with the, the chess cheating scandal? Oh yeah, the Rock the Chess World. So he, uh, Mike Boyd, popped up on my feed recently because he built the rumored cheating device. Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> did it work? That's, did he? Did he win? Yeah. 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 And he like played a, an actual chess grandmaster, and the grandmaster he played two two games with him. The first one he wasn't cheating, and then the second one he was cheating. And in the second game, the grandmaster at first was like, "Oh yeah, that's actually a really good move. Well done." And then midway through the game, he's like, "What's?" no why how did you how did you do that move <laughs> like i just saw you play terribly what's going yeah, on yeah. and then by the end of it he's like you're cheating somehow like <laughs> this this doesn't make any sense uh because he, he like beat him uh but yeah like the <laughs> he didn't i don't, I don't want to talk explicitly about what this is but it's it's uh, a, a device that was rumored that could be used by uh hans neiman to beat magnus carlson the, I think currently the, the best rated chess champion in the world that could have evaded a metal detector and like surface level things uh, and then could have somehow been transmitting information so he, he built this thing but didn't <laughs> didn't use it in the way that you would need to use it in a competitive setting oh okay okay <laughs> yes he just, just like had it in his in his pants pocket uh, yes yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Like, cool. Cool uh, guy. Some cool of the, YouTube channel. Some of the I challenges. Like the... Yeah. Some of the challenges he's done. I like. I don't know. That might be something interesting. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just having a short list of like, here's a list of skills that I'd like to develop. That's a. Yeah. That's very insightful. That is something I really enjoy. Um, learning a new skill. Bow hunting could be one of those skills. Yep. Go out and uh, do some target practice and stuff. That's a. Yeah. It, doing stuff with like new gear and I really enjoy that. Yeah, it might be too. Like you, you go to the target, the range a couple times, and then you—that's enough to satisfy your. Like you may not actually have to go yeah. full, full on. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah was teasing me. I uh, I called her up and I was like, I think I want to learn bow hunting. I think I want to get a compound bow. So I, I was just shopping for some at Outdoor World, and she was like, Oh, so you can like uh, use it twice and then keep it in the shed? And I was like, Yep. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. That's Maybe what you I'm gonna do. <laughs> find a good range and go there a few times first like because you can rent bows yeah bows are bows are very like you gotta tune them into you though like the Uh, draw length has to be based on your wingspan and the amount of pounds has to be tuned into the the strength that you have and uh i I think that may be a a more difficult thing i did find a starter kit on amazon for 200 dollars that includes Hmm. like 20 arrows and i don't know if it's going to be a piece of junk but i think that's fine for what i I mean probably but yeah (laughs) yeah yeah um 
like some it, things it's interesting some things are totally fine being pieces of junk and other things so like i was talking when i bought a guitar um he said you could buy a guitar for like 100 200 bucks um but if you do you're gonna be frustrated the entire time because mm-hmm. you're not gonna be able to press the strings right because the strings aren't like in the right spot and you know it's not gonna sound good because it's just not um so some things like if you buy the cheap version you're just gonna be immensely frustrated yeah um, yeah so i don't know if bows are like that or not i'm torn on whether or not it's like that for bows i know tuning the bow is a really big deal that you need to like take it to a bow shop and have them dial stuff mm-hmm. in and there's a whole process of dialing in the sights so that the sights are lined up exactly where they need to be for right. aiming at different ranges and stuff um yeah i could see that playing out like you know i buy the cheap bow and i try to tune it but it's the hardware is just not where it needs to be to, to be accurate and then i feel like i suck at shooting a bow and arrow because i'm not accurate but that's actually not my fault it's the fault of the bow or something but i don't know that because this is just the the first one that i've used yeah okay i don't know what i'm gonna do all right i'll put the expensive one on my christmas wish list and see if anyone in my family wants to buy me an expensive bow it's something i want to do yeah it's also probably not to draw this out but it's kind of like cameras like there's a saying that uh, a good photographer can take a good picture with any camera which is true but if you buy a cheapo camera and you're bad at photography Mm. or you're a beginner your pictures are definitely going to be bad whereas if you get a good camera then there some of them will be kind of good accidentally and you'll be able to learn more what what is a good picture so it's true that once you have the experience you can use the cheap stuff but if you start with the cheap stuff sometimes it just makes you frustrated the whole time i found that to be true like in photography um yeah you started that sentence by saying i don't want to draw this out and that was a fantastic pun (laughs) that was really good great <laughs> and agreed yeah this is this is also a really good excuse for me to like spend money on a new hobby so i i appreciate you uh, also i realize i'm that. pushing you into spending more money don't spend more money if you're only <clears> going to use it twice the <laughs> difference between the, the cheap bows and the expensive bows is like you know i can buy this kit for 200 dollars, or i can get like a mid-range bow from outdoor world for 300 dollars. okay and then i'll need to spend like another I don't know, hundred, hundred and fifty dollars on all the accessories of the stuff. But then like everything's gonna be really good. So it's a difference between like two hundred and like four hundred dollars. So yeah. I might with, just with go cameras, with it. it's like two hundred and three thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 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 I might just go for the for the nice one. We talked about bow hunting, we talked about goal setting, we talked about building a sauna. Pouring a foundation in concrete was fun. We rented a cement mixer and mixed it up and those bags are heavy. Like it was it was twenty eight 80 pound bags that the four of us were like lugging from home depot to the spot where it is in my brother-in-law's backyard and you gotta pour it in the cement mixer and i got cement all over my pants and had to wash those right away and but it was a lot of fun i know how to pour a concrete foundation now along the lines of learning a new skill that's the sort of thing that i just feel in my element of like i know nothing about this thing let's figure it out put some rebar in there to strengthen it with the tensile strength or something i don't fully understand that and built a form around it and had to figure out how to level it that was really hard but now there's a concrete foundation that uh, I I was instrumental in pouring. Cool. That was fun. That brings up something else, which is if we're talking about experiences, sometimes volunteering is a great way to get experiences for free. So, mm. like, if you're interested in construction, you can volunteer at a Habitat for Humanity site for a day or something. And at the end of the day, you're like, you have a really <sighs> solid day of doing work and learning skills and you feel really accomplished. Um and there's bunches of places there's you know like there's outdoor places you can volunteer at you can yeah so that's another thing you can look for that's immediately getting added to my enjoyment list from josh kaufman's exercise yeah i forgot that I'd, i've wanted to do habitat for humanity for a while i remember every time i've tried to do it 
it's like really early <laughs> they start at like six it, in the it, morning it, or something yes it yeah. does <laughs> so if, if i could do that but roll up at like 10 that'd be <laughs> that'd be ideal <laughs> cool yeah yeah that's yeah and then i don't have to buy any gear right because i just yep. show up and they're like here's a nail gun uh figure it out yeah yep. okay i would really like to do that because i've also been very curious about home construction and that would be a way to do home construction where yeah i'm not paying for anything like I'm, i just roll up and i and i just do it yeah i would really enjoy that okay cool thank you um one last thing i wanted to talk about is a book that i read that i started reading because sarah was listening to it last night at like 8 p.m and i felt so captivated by it that i took her phone and like we started listening to it together and then we started listening to it in bed and then she fell asleep and i kept listening to it and i listened to this entire book i was up until four in the morning last night listening oh, to this well. captivating book called i'm glad my mom died by Jeanette McCurd McCurdy McCurdy she's a former Nickelodeon child star she was on iCarly and a spin-off show of iCarly where she was the lead actress she was on it actually with Ariana Grande um and it was just oh it's oh it's like being a child actor at a baseline is disgusting because you're being exploited by everyone including your parents there may be some exceptions to this, but I feel like every story I've heard in this space is just just gross and bad. And her relationship with her mother in particular, oh my gosh, it just it just got me. It's they were so dependent on each other and there was this parentification of Jeanette as she was young that she was the emotional support of her mother and the stories she tells are just gripping and horrifying and tragic and Man, it just, it got me. And uh, I, I could not put the book down until I I'd finished it. Um, but it sounds like she's in a much better place now. She's done a lot of work in therapy and been able to unpack these stories and dealt with uh, a lot of deeper psychological issues, including uh, eating disorders. And yeah, it was just, it was, it was gripping and captivating and uh, was worth the, the lost sleep. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. I'll have to check it out. Although I don't know when I'll have time to read it, but um that's rough <laughs> what, I mean, are you, what are you doing tonight from like 8 p.m to 4 in the morning <laughs> <laughs> probably work, working on kaggle probably that's what I, that's what okay. i did until 1 a.m the last several nights so I, I saw a tweet by someone who's really good at kaggle and he said uh you can't you can't be good at kaggle and have a good sleep life or something like that <laughs> it's like yes that's true i do a lot of my work uh yeah after my wife has gone to bed till one in the morning or something um yeah yeah that's i it takes a very specific type of person to uh, go into the LA scene and be a child actor, you know, mm. uh, or a specific type of parent to lead. The, and so that's why I think there's so many stories like that. Um, a few that I know have had pretty good results were the Harry Potter trio, um, mm. like Daniel Radcliffe and, and um, Emma Watson and Rupert Grint, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and that's sort of because they were almost accidental stars. Like they had to, they, I think they, a couple of them did commercials or something first, and then they had to apply once and then they were child stars without interviewing for you know without auditioning yeah and yeah. so their parents like had a much it was a much different different uh way to get into child acting yeah um but yeah there are a lot of stories of uh, yeah all sorts of trouble with child that's actors. insightful but before Jeanette got this big break on iCarly she had to go through this grind of several years of yeah just getting churned through this mill of you go to an you get an agent and the agent sends you out on auditions and you go to the auditions and you feel like you almost got it but then you were beat out and by by you know a, a 
another girl who you saw at the audition and then you're asking yourself like why didn't they pick me why they pick her over me yeah. like, what's better about her over me and that fed in with like Jeanette's mother had all these uh insecurities about her daughter of like she's not pretty enough or she's not thin enough and oh my god it was oh 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 terrible yeah. Yeah. uh yeah so that, that's interesting that like for the harry potter stars if, if they just you know they, they went from children to you know instantly in harry potter they, they sort of skip that step uh i imagine still tons of issues with that like i can't imagine growing Probably. up as a yeah. like to be internationally famous um oh there was there was this tragic part of it also where Jeanette was saying how she loved going to disney world but after she got into iCarly, she started getting recognized and she hated that because now she couldn't go to Disney World and she loved going to Disney World because yeah. people would like swarm her. And there was a there was a parade apparently that she like disrupted so much because she was getting recognized and like people were swarming around her when she was just trying to watch the parade and they had to cancel the parade because of how famous she was. So like, yeah. And I think previous versions of me were sort of attracted to that of like how cool would it be to be that recognized and have that uh, much fame no. and awful and like no i wouldn't i would hate that that'd be terrible um yeah i don't know like being being famous i would much rather be rich than famous I, like <laughs> you, you get to choose when you're when you're deploying your your capital but you, you know you're you're just kind of famous all the time yeah um yeah that's interesting very I, very good record book I, recommend I, it. I bet that's something that covid has actually been good for because uh, you can wear a giant mask now and a baseball hat yeah. and sunglasses yeah, yeah. and probably not be recognized at all yeah <laughs> uh, so that's interesting yeah yeah uh we, we've been talking a lot about like things that i'm doing for fun and ways that i'm getting enjoyment i'm curious in your own life like you're, you're doing this kaggle thing and you got work and you have a family are, are there things that you do for fun are there like things that you go to or like clubs or sports or uh i, I haven't heard about like a new hobby that you've picked up in a while I, yeah I, no I, I mean i used to i've been focused on so i've been fo focused on getting started at google right so that's mm -hmm. been a huge time sink and kaggle still is kaggle's been interesting because even though it's the same type of stuff all the time those competitions change all the time like mm -hmm. um and so i'm learning something brand new all the time so that's great um i mean there's stuff i haven't talked about like we put together a lego set and uh I, this isn't a hobby, but I got a, we got a housekeeper after I got hired at Google. <laughs> so, nice. so she comes once every two weeks. Uh, that's been great. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we don't have to like clean our bathroom mirrors anymore. Uh, that's fantastic. Life upgrades. That's I good. Um, and we like we could have. It's actually not that expensive. <laughs> like we could have done it before, um, but it was it was a good excuse to uh, to get one, and it was yeah, it was good. Um, our current solution for not cleaning our bathroom mirrors is to not clean our bathroom mirrors. That was our solution too. <laughs> we just never did it. It's, and every it once in a while, yeah, I know, I know. Uh, There's a threshold where it enters my consciousness where like it goes from, oh, this is a bathroom mirror to, oh, yep. yesterday this was just a bathroom mirror and now it's a filthy bathroom mirror. How, how did that happen? Yeah. 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 Uh, but you pay, you know, 200 bucks every two weeks or something and it, it's even less than that actually and it goes away. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Good life I forgot also you're doing uh, your master's still. I think just yes. the class that you're in isn't, <laughs> yeah. isn't very engaging. Yeah, okay. You got a lot going on. Yeah, it's yeah the class is not very that engaging, although I do have to do my paper now, uh, and I haven't started, and it's due in a couple weeks, and it's 10 pages, so I got to do that. Thanks okay. for reminding me. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I'll probably do that over Thanksgiving, really, which is awesome. Great. <laughs> Fun. <Yeah. laughs> um, cool. Chris, that's all I got. That's all I got, too.
then I'll see you next week. Goodbye.